With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Oh my God, I'm knocked off the top spot. Were you, okay, the last uh, the last recording, were you on the top spot? I think so. Okay. I have a vague memory of finally usurping Paul, yeah. but... Mm. I think that was a special treat, Dave. <laughs> that, was a, that was an outlier. Um, no, this is the first uh, Newcastle Natter of the 2022-23 season. When you were children, what did you think would be happening in the 2022-23 season? <laughs> would we, we're all supposed to be play, playing with jetpacks by now, right? Isn't yeah. I, I swear I saw something that um, sometime this month, uh, George Jetson was due to be born. I remember seeing just talking about the future I remember seeing around the time I was doing a paper round with my mate I think about 96 I remember seeing a tabloid on the back page it was doing a thing on it was predicting how much certain footballers were going to cost in <laughs> a few years time but they were doing it with current young players. And like Darren Huckabee <laughs> was having like a really good season for Coventry. Um, Did we sign Darren Huckabee? I feel like we bought him from Lincoln. Yeah, he didn't play. Uh, well, I think he might have had like one league game. Uh, league here was the reason was here was the reason Shearer's first game was against Lincoln. That was like That's right. Part yes. of the deal. Never played a, a league game for us. But anyway, but Darren Huckabee was like, he was going to be like 12 million or something. That was their prediction, which seemed insane that a footballer could cost 12 million. It must have been pre the Shearer signing. Hmm. Also, Darren Huckabee never made it to 12 million. I mean, footballers <laughs> definitely made it to 12 million. Yeah. <laughs> Darren Huckabee didn't quite. Um, but have you have you had a good break, guys? Yeah, nice. no. oh. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> both did Iron Apple, Ibiza. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now Cousin like, Jack Grealish. Yeah. And now it's just all about fitness, isn't it? So, um, we've like transfer window. Should we talk about <laughs> <laughs> This is, it's good that we've taken a, a long rest and we're back and we're well oiled. Like a slick machine. Well, you but know what is... we're going to talk. You know what we're going to talk about, right? We're going to talk about the transfer window. What we who what we think of what we've got and what we think we need. We're going to yeah. predict what we reckon is going to happen in the, our first game of the season against Nottingham Forest and in the season as a whole. We're going to take some uh, questions and comments from the Newcastle Natter followers on social media. And in general, we're going to have a lot of diversions. It's all going to crumble and it's going to end 
That's good. I feel safer now, knowing the framework. That's good. Yeah. It's reassuring. So, transfer window. <laughs> What's your overall impression of how we've done in the transfer window so far? I think so far is the key. I think uh, in the last two transfer windows, our defence is stronger than I think it's been in living memory. We've actually signed players we need. We've essentially signed three defenders already. If you, well, Pope, Botman, Target. Mm-hmm. That's three players who will strengthen our back five. I think that's been encouraging. I think what's slightly worrying, I think Eddie Howe wanted at least one new attacker, whether that's a right winger or a striker, in before. At the same time, we got Botman to have a full pre-season, and that has not happened. No. But then I've I've been talking about this with mates and the pool that we're fishing in is so small and it's always going to be a difficult window for us because although theoretically we've got a lot of cash, um, we don't want to spend it all this window and we don't want to like, I don't know, we don't want to like blow our wad, ruin our FFP wriggle, wiggle room and and end up in a position where maybe we need something in January or next summer and we can't afford it because we fucked ourselves with FFP now, which is why we're not spending £80 million on James Madison. You know, it's it, it's going to be tricky, especially like in a post-COVID landscape where there's going to be less movement because more clubs are in a position where they can't take a gamble that they would have been comfortable with beforehand. So we've got, well, doesn't that, wouldn't that mean that there's more clubs who want to sell their assets so they've got a bit of cash? They want to sell their Deadwood, but fewer other teams are willing to pay. Like, take, take Leicester, for example. Like, one of the reasons that the Sharks are circling that club, um, like, Chelsea are after Fafana, um, Schmeichel's gone to Nice, I think, or Lille, one of the two. Nice. Um, nice. Um Tielemans is is getting like admiring eyes from people and obviously Madison. They've got a lot of well-paid fringe players that they can't move on. And that means that the, the their you know their premium assets, they're the ones that people want to buy unless they don't want to sell them. So they're in a difficult position where they, they can't make the signings yet. They've got to release, like they've got to get rid of some of the deadwood. And that's they want to get, yeah, they wanted to get rid of Deadwood and we bought Chris Wood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other yeah. than Chris Wood, what we have bought, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but I haven't really sort of put it all into perspective. Since the new ownership, um, we've now got a new keeper in the shape of Nick Pope. We've mm-hmm. got uh, a whole back four in the shape of Matt Target, Dan Byrne, Sven Botman, and Kieran Trippier. Mm-hmm. And we've got a, I think when we bought him, I think we probably thought he was more of a defensive midfielder than he is, but we've got a, a midfielder. But mm-hmm. other than Chris Wood, who, you know, it's, I think we've done pretty well in, in our buy so far, but he's the one who hasn't really certainly not exceeded expectations so far as a player for us. We haven't actually bought um, any attacking players, have we? And we've lost Dwight Gale. Not that he was really much of a problem. We've got two strikers on the books. I think there's the sort of uncertainty of whether we need a striker who can go straight into the first team or more of a young attacker who can play across the front line and grow into the role. Because I Mm -hmm. think... There's a lot of itchy fans thinking we need a striker now. And Callum Wilson's injury record would suggest there's some truth to that. But I think Wood showed he can deputise. And I think for strikers, we may have to be patient because it's it's a bit of a merry-go-round with strikers. It's sort of not all one moves that others start moving as well. And it, yeah. there's going to be a lot of business done at the end of the window, especially with like loan players as well, which I wouldn't rule out. Yeah. Well, as I said before in the past, there aren't many strikers around anymore. So, no, <laughs> which I still stand by, by the way. 
Anyway, um, but if you look at if you look at the players that we're, we've been linked with, players like um, uh, Ekatike or whatever is however you pronounce it, he we agreed the fee, but we couldn't agree personal terms with him, and he eventually went to PSG. That that kind of player is is like Paul is saying, like he's a a young player who would be on the fringes and could deputise for Wilson if and when he got injured. That's the kind of market that we're trying to, to to buy from. But it's a really difficult market because if they're young and promising, it's not just us that's looking at them. It's the, the, it's the type of teams where we are aiming to go. So they're already in the Champions League. They can already offer European football. They can already offer huge wages and much better players alongside them and etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's really difficult market i think a lot of the fans need to take a fucking breath remember where we were 20 months ago and the kind of the kind of players we were looking at then like being disappointed we couldn't get hamza chowdhury in on loan so as paul says we've we've completely overhauled our defence. We look really good at the back. We could have a very good midfield if we pick up one more. And we've still got Callum Wilson, who's still a really good fucking striker. So let's, so not, I know, let's not piss our pants. So we should go through um, the signings that we've made. But um, I wanted to talk about James Madison at the moment. This might date very quickly. But at the time of recording, we've had uh, two bids turned down for him and apparently we're considering a third. We'll see. I really like James Madison. I would love it if, if he became a Newcastle player. But my question is, like, where does he fit in for us? If, if we're yeah. going to still play, maybe we're not. Maybe it, give, maybe it gives an indication of what Howe want, would like to do in the next season. But if we were going to still play 4-3-3... Mm-hmm. Is he in the front three or the middle three? He doesn't really fit in a four-three-three. He's he's sort of a textbook number ten. Like he's the sort of player you can shift out there occasionally, but he's as most dangerous as a number ten. You sort of think. I feel like we'd have to do four-two-three-one to accommodate him. I do. Or, yeah, or four-three-two-one. Yeah, I do think. And have in the two Joel sorry, Linton, in Joel Linton and Bruno. I think we have a pair that are capable of being like a deep line midfield too. But it did seem an odd one that because you all the talk is we're looking for a right winger or a left winger and then St. Maximum can go out to the right. And yeah, Madison seems is a great player, but it's do we then have to change the system we've spent all pre-season getting used to? But or I, would no, we I stick him out on the right? Because if you look at how Almiron, who had a phenomenal preseason for what it's worth, um, he was playing ostensibly on the right, but he was he was driving in a lot more, like in a in a you know a traditional inside forward style. And then you had um, players like uh, Longstaff or or Joe Linton on either wing actually making the overlapping runs or, or Willock. And, I suppose it's no different backs. to like Grealish at Man City in terms of not is an Madison, Is Madison a Grealish? Like I, I associate, I associate Grealish with um, running with the ball. Yeah, I don't really associate Madison with that. I associate him with. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but I see him more as a like passer. Well, kind of more like uh, Silva, who used to be at Man City, that sort Mm. of can play anywhere along the front three, if they're not an out-and-out winger. Because I think, especially down the right-hand side, it seems to be more about overlapping and underlapping runs from the centre mids and the right back. Mm -hmm. I'd like him, but yeah, I agree. That was a surprise. You were talking about that. Oh, don't worry. That sounded really good. That sounded like really like... I haven't got a clue. Well, I, I like, I like, my, sorry, go on, Paul. No, I was say, but I, I think I agree that it's just, it's a very odd player for us to be linked with. Because you sort of think if we're looking for that kind of number 10, we've sort of got a few players who can play that position, but haven't been given a shot there. If you like Almiron and Anderson. Yeah, but I think, I think you've got to look at the levels that those players are versus the level that Madison is. I mean, Madison is in terms of output, in terms of statistical output, he's up there with Jack Grealish, genuinely. 
yeah. and the, the different styles of football. But you know, to, so if if we were to have signed James Madison, and we might still, he, we would we would play a system that gets the most out of them, and it might be a lopsided system where, although he's out on the right, he's more central, but uh, St. Maximum's like you know, hugging the left touchline. It could be that we change everything, but he's good enough to to allow us to do that. Um, I think the big issue is is um, our valuation of the player versus Leicester's valuation of the player are sufficiently far apart that unless something seismic happens with either club, I can't see the deal being done. Well, also, I mean, I, I again, I, I really rate him and I also quite, he comes across quite well just as a person. I like I quite like him in interviews. I would quite like mm-hmm. him to be as a player. I think he makes sense as a sign in it's sort of like why we signed Chris Wood, because we were in direct competition with Burnley. Sort of think now we're in direct competition with Leicester. It's sort of it's strengthening us and Maybe. weakening them. But the just... other question I was gonna say is that and maybe this will be one of the things that stops it happening with the valuation getting so high. And from their point of view, I don't think it's ridiculous that they would want 50, 60 million for him. No. How much did they pay for him? Didn't they pay like 30 or something? Anyway, um, he, there's only so much money we'll have left, I presume. And surely just with the fragility of Callum Wilson as a player and the fact that, I mean, pre-season aside, for all that they can be good for us, players like St. Maximin or whatever, take once Callum Wilson is injured, we do not have a lot of goal, guaranteed goal output. Yeah, really but I think, on the, I think on the, the amount we spend, it's sort of, I think the, the more pressing issue is that sort of attacking midfielder winger. I think mm-hmm. there's players like Brozier or Broher at Chelsea where you'd be looking at like a loan with a view to buying. So I feel like right. we can fill that gap without it being a massive FFP problem. And you've also if you've got, got to loan like... someone they'll be expected to play, right? But what we actually mm. need is someone who Well, I think if you're loaning a... we've got Chris Wood, which doesn't but if you're a striker signing for a team where Callum Wilson's the first choice striker you would just have to look at his record in the last few seasons and think, I'm going to get 15 games. True. Yeah. I also think that if the right players, say we did go off and spend 55 million on um, on Madison, um, that's already 5 million over the mooted 200 million pound budget for the last, like last season in this window as well. Like that's already over it. I think if the right striker suddenly became available for whatever reason, because of that merry-go-round we were talking about, we could, without breaking FFP, go off and spend another £30 million on, I don't know, whoever the fuck ever, Hossolu. But like we could go off and do it without falling foul of FFP. I I don't think we will, because I think we'll either sign Madison and then go off and get a loan player, or we'll sign another attacking talent in whatever position and loan fill the right wing or strike or whatever it is. I think FFP as well. If you look at the Nick Pope deal, that's all in installments. That seems to be the way we're looking to buy players at the minute. So it's not the whole mm. chunk goes into next year's FFP. So uh, um, I've, just very quickly on that, I don't think that's the case because I think... In terms of FFP, they look at the cost of the transfer in its entirety rather than when the money's coming in because it's the amortization of the player rather than the um, how you structure the deal. Well, that's I not actually, fair. Yeah, I actually choose not to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> if you say, apparently, if you say, I do not consent... Yeah, and then you and and then you like reference the Magna Carta. Yeah, then mm-hmm. you can you're you don't FFP doesn't count. They can't. Force yeah, it's like if you write, <laughs> I don't want you to have my privacy as a Facebook status update. Then yeah, they, they don't own anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, 
This is what I propose. I propose that uh, we have a break now, and then after that break, we talk about uh, the players that we have actually signed, and um, and then we'll uh, look forward to twenty twenty two twenty three. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. So. Uh, let's talk about what players we have bought. We've uh, signed permanently. He was with us for the second half of the last season, but we've signed permanently Ben Target. Ben Target? We're all happy with, we're all happy with Ben Target, Matt Target. I think Ben Target is a comedian. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> um, Matt Target. We're all happy with Matt Target, right? Yeah. yeah, I think it was interesting at the start of the window. We were getting linked with a lot of left backs who were much more attacking. It seemed to be after Dan Ashworth came in, we went back for target. I think there was a sort of a realization of the the pace of the building project that the club is. Where it's like, no, let's not just let's not go for ultimate targets for everything right now. Target makes sense. So just get him through the door. I'd like to think that what we're building here, now I may get this wrong, was it the New Zealand rugby team or something? There's a, I think it's one of the New Zealand teams. They no dickheads. Yeah, the no dickheads policy. And mm. I'd, I'd like to feel that what we're building is a no dickheads policy and that there's a feeling that, well, Matt Target's a pretty good left back. He did well for us and he fits into the no dickheads policy. Yeah. Um, I think that's definitely true. It's something that Howe has spoken about a few times about like the the players having the right character. And every everybody we've signed so far seems English. English. Sign a lot of English players. British. You British. don't, you don't get signed... English dickheads. That's just a fact. I think hang on. I'm just trying to do oh, we signed four. Four out of the six players we've signed are English. There you go. And the other one's Chris Word. That's basically English. And Bruno. The other one's called yeah. Bruno. And Brazilian's different because Brazilians, they just love the beach. <laughs> just different. You know, fine. Yeah. Uh, we've also signed the Pope. Uh, Nick Pope, another Englishman. Uh, pretty good, right? We're all happy with that. Yeah. England international keeper for 10 million. So what is the thinking behind that? Is he a, because Dubravka has been a a pretty good performer for us in a, Mm -hmm. what is, uh, has been not the strongest squad in the league, but Dubravka has been pretty good for us. What is the thinking with Nick Pope? Is it, is he better at distribution? Is that the idea? Is he better at his feet? Well, he's, he's, a t- world-class shot stopper. He is better with the ball at his feet than Dubravka is. He also plays further up the pitch. He's involved in more sweeping actions than anybody bar, I think, Edison in the league. So he's he, he plays further up the pitch, which means our slower centre-backs won't be in as much trouble if they get turned because he'll be close by. Um, it also means that the entire team can push further up which means players like St. Maximin and Almiron and, you know, <clears throat> Willick or whomever will be closer to their box earlier. So St. Maximin doesn't have to beat four players to get into the box. He only has to beat two. And does anyone want to sign Dubravka? Because surely... Well, Leicester are sort of... There's a lot of mm. putting two and two together and thinking Leicester have just sold Kasper Schmeichel. We're trying to buy a Leicester player. It would make sense. I think for the right team, Dubravka makes a lot of sense as a Premier League goalkeeper. It's just his injury record. Mm. I think if Burnley was still in the league, he'd be sort of a better fit for them than Pope almost, or a similar kind of fit. Yeah. Like if if any of the promoted sides wanted to upgrade their keeper, Dubravka's a really good shout. You could probably get him for less than 10 million quid. And in uh, Sven Botman, we've signed one of Europe's 
uh, most highly rated up-and-coming central defenders, or so I'm told. And also, I would suggest in the Premier League, the, the uh, player with the name best suited to being a uh, porn director. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sven yeah. Bodman. It's like it's like a Harry Enfield character. <laughs> now I have a new character. He's a porn star. Sven Bodman. I feel like you could easily get cancelled over creating that character. Really? Why? I think you could go hard on the... Oh, I guess it's not really punching down to have a go at the Swedes, is it? You're fine. Go for it. It's fine. Yeah. I tell you what, have you watched any um, any of the preseason? Uh, only little bits. Go on. He he looks really good. I know it's preseason, yeah, and I know it's very different in the Premier League. But honestly, he just looks like yeah, imperious. really good, imperious, and he's a Why big lad too. It might him he... and Burn. Fuck me. So. Is he? I always put central defenders into two categories. I call it the re, basically Rio Ferdinand of the John Terry. He's a Rio. He's a Rio. Yeah, I think as well. He's another one who, like Nick Pope, he's there. His pace is sort of not that he's the quickest, but he seems to be there for that higher line as well. He's more suited yeah. to that than Share or Burn. People have been talking about. Um, <clears throat> who our central defensive pairing will be, I would suggest, I, I know a lot of people are quite keen on Botman and Cher, but I would suggest that that's two Rio Ferdinands and therefore doesn't Yeah, work. I think... You can't have Rio too. No. I think because they're symmetrical, like you've got a right footer and a left footer, that sort of makes kind of sense. But I prefer the idea of Burn and Botman. That, yeah, that which is sounds like a good like cop duo. Yeah, Burn and Botman. Botman and Burn. Uh, what I, what has surprised me is how much game time Lascelles had in preseason, and that he's been named. You know, he, he he's still club captain. I would yeah, have expected him. I would have expected him to have dropped down the pecking order so much that being the captain would have been taken away from because now is the perfect time to do it. You know, you give it to Trippier or, you know. I think it's kind of been... Real show. I think that's been done sort of with the caveat that Trippier will be captain for most games. It's just Lascelles is there as club captain. It seems to be more of not wanting to make all the changes in one go mm. and upset the dressing room too much. I don't think Lascelles is going to start many Premier League games unless there's injuries, but he'll... The thing is, this season you've got five subs, so players that wouldn't get a look in normally will get more minutes. That and is true. And <laughs> hopefully will I be involved he, in the Cups. I thought he might be off, but um, clearly it would seem not. Well, Fernandez uh, is still there. That's the one that's more surprising. Yeah, that's weird. It could just be... I mean, he, he mustn't have long on his deal, mm. Fernandez. So... I would have expected it might just be that they're going to keep him around the club. And have you seen what's happened with them? Um, Man, you have signed Tom Huddleston. Oh, yeah. For their under 23s. Yeah. So he's going to be he's basically, yeah. yeah. Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it seems to be a trend that's coming in more and more that you sign an experienced sort of player coach to be in your under 23s. Right. Tom Huddleston, not Tom Hiddleston. Okay. So, he's won't, so Tom Huddleston won't, won't be registered for the Premier League. No. no. And won't be eligible because he's not under 23. It's there purely to help the development of the players in the under 23 teams. And you can name a couple of players over the age of 23 to play in that, in, in the under 23 games. Who they, they do it a lot. Sorry, who would you bring back from our like eligible players that have played for us recently to be in our under twenty threes? So players who are still playing have played for and have played for us. Yeah. 
Jem Milner. I was going to say Milner, yeah. yeah. I would love him to be in our first team, though. Mitrovic? Uh, <laughs> I think it needs to be someone like <laughs> late 30s. Oh, right. Someone who realistically is not good enough. I mean, I'd like to bring Scott Parker back. Stephen Taylor? No. <laughs> what about Dwight Gale? Dwight like, yeah, in all seri- seriously, he's a good yeah. finisher. He's got good movement. I think he's in a couple of years, a solid pro. I think if you're mm. looking for a, an older pro to be an under-23 team, central midfield seems the right position or centre-back. Mm. You sort of yeah, want to be fair. bringing on your strikers. What about Danny? You'd be annoyed Murphy? if your young not, not strikers Danny weren't progressing because Dwight Gale was keeping them out of the under-23 <laughs> team. Well, consider this brings, us, this brings us nicely on to uh, a tweet that we've received from all hail Teague, who says, Hey, fellas, hope you all had great summers. What former Newcastle player do you guys think would fit best into our squad? Good question. Yeah. What would fit best into our squad? I I would say, I think... I mean, I'd... Do they have to still be playing? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think he's saying... I mean, I mean Sheer is the right answer to any of those questions, so I'm going to take yeah. him off the board. But so, I would say Teote. I would say what we need is uh well, I mean St. Maximin's on the left, but I would say what we need is either like Ribeiro, Ginola, or Solano. Solano. Oh yeah, Solano. Or... He would be the perfect shout. Actually, Keith Gillespie. No, I disagree with that. I think, in a way, someone like Denver Barr with mm. St. Maximin on the right would work. Oh, that awesome. sort of wide forward. Because Solano never really quite did that role. Can we not just have Tino? Have St. Maximin and <laughs> Tino as brilliant. <laughs> I mean, depends on how well he does this season. Mitrovic might be the right answer. <laughs> or Ivan Tony. Yeah. I feel like we need a for. I, I feel like striker-wise, which is again why I feel like Chris Wood wasn't the right buy. Really, I think striker-wise, what we need is like someone a bit of a runner. You know? Yeah. We need Owens, yeah. not Heskies. Yes. You, you, to go with my saying, like <laughs> 2002 World Cup analysis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I would like to, yeah, Tino, Tino and St. Maximum in the same side would be great. Just not yeah. making it be fucking hilarious. Uh, All Hail Teague also says, also, if you haven't covered it, who will be our top scorer this year? Excited for another season, your expert analysis. Who will be our top scorer this year? I mean, surely it's, it's Callum Wilson, right? Unless we buy yeah. someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Really, uh, although if Almiron actually plays and continues his scoring run from P's preseason, I'm this excited to his... see how he does because it's pre the pinch of salt any preseason needs, but especially our preseason is we've not been playing against Premier League teams. No, but we've been playing against good sides. Mm. Like the we you know we we played Bilbao, we've played. Atalanta, we played. Yeah, um, they're, not, they're not English, Dave. They're not English. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to remember played... Emmanuel Rivier having scoring quite a few mm. in preseason. Sure, but I, I think so. Last season we had the like the the real renaissance of uh, Joe Linton and Emil Kraft to some degree. Um, like their redemption stories were quite exciting. Uh, it could be Almiron's turn to have a redemption story because I still think there's a decent player in there. I don't know if he's going to maintain his scoring, but he, he can be effective. He wins a lot. Of, I mean, he works his fucking bollocks off. He he covers a lot of ground. He's technically okay. He's certainly good enough for the Premier League. I think the problem, think... the reason why we've been looking for right wingers is Almiron in that position last season had less goal involvements than Kieran Clark. Yeah. And yeah, that's that that's can't happen issue. with a right forward. No, G- but if G- sorry, I was going to move it along. Go on. Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. 
G Rick says, which of our players would be best placed to succeed Boris Johnson as PM? I'd say Shah has a touch of the ex-investment banker about him. I've got a poll for this. I've got I've got one. I think Dan Byrne would be a good Prime Minister. Okay. <laughs> Make your case. Just seems quite sensible, but also yeah. like angry at the right time. I think he'd be good at PMQs. I think he'd look good on the photo shoots. He'd just be taller than anyone he's up against. Mm, could be just all, could be awkward at, G, at the G7. I would so, say Sean Longstaff, because he's got that like vacant look in his on his on his eyes, and he could pass for like just just going off his look. He could you know stick him in a dicky bow and all the rest of it. He could pass for a chinless wonder from Eton. So yeah. Sean, Sean Longstaff. Okay. I think Paul Dummett because I think what we've had in this country for a little while now is very ambitious sort of politicians who are quite flashy and will and will do what they can just to stay in power. Whereas I feel like Paul Dummett's just got that sort of what I think what the country needs right now is a team player. Someone you can definitely see quite, yeah. just someone who's just quite diligent. And we'll and we'll do what's needed. I could, could see, see him, him leading as a union leading. Yeah, I could see him leading a what's it called when it's like a cross party coalition government. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd just do what he needed, what was needed at the time. And he's also probably, I've got no idea, but probably quite thick. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. He seems yeah. Fairly better than sensitive. what we've better than this lot we've got in bloody power now, eh, guys? Yeah. Um, so uh, Paul M says, uh, "Would you rather have no hands or no feet?" Oh, all right, okay. In a footballer, I'd say no hands. <laughs> yeah, unless he's a keeper. In unless a glove, keeper, and there we are. In a glove model, no feet. Although actually, even in a keeper, I think I would rather have uh, no hands and no feet because without yeah with the feet it gives you the spring and then he can you'll, you'll still have shot stopping stumps yeah shot, yeah and, and they were a good band actually the shot stopping stumps <laughs> i know you're writing that down now as a possible pod battle but i i, I don't think that's good i don't think move on you can read me like a book uh, <laughs> is that one not without hands he can't so far. <laughs> um, uh, I'm reading this one blind uh, let's hope it moves us out of the politically incorrect area uh, it's from Phil Huntsman he says it's great to see you're back which of our current squad would be the quickest to solve a Rubik's Cube I mean it, it's interesting that <laughs> people there are some questions about tactics and whatever but yeah the, People don't come to the Newcastle Net for in-depth analysis, do they really? Mm. And I feel like Almiron would be worryingly quick at solving a Rubik's Cube to the point I where... I think he'd be very quick at moving the square. <laughs> the square. I think we'd leave him alone with one and look back down after a split second and it's done. And you'd just be like, really. we can't, see, <laughs> we can't have them near him anymore. It's too unsettling. <laughs> and even though you don't give him a Rubik's Cube, he'd hand you a completed Rubik's Cube. And you'd be like, there wasn't even one in the room with him. We checked. Are you like? Then you'd have to, to sell him. Are you likening him to like an Al- Appalachian mountain banjo player? <laughs> exactly. In my head, he's also he's like, if there was like a big family and like one of the kids is like actually an alien, <laughs> like in disguise. <laughs> oh dear! Do you really find just? Just really thinking about what um, what are you like? What are you? <laughs> every streetlight he walks under just buzzes a bit. That sort of vibe. <laughs> yeah, like if there was a play, this is a different question. But like, if <laughs> what player on our squad would we would you most think that cutlery might stick to magnetic? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna. We are no better than Jack Grealish right now. 
I like him. I just, I'm just, you know, and I don't mean anything. He's just weird looking. He's just weird looking. Yeah, it's fine. I think the moment I'm looking forward to most in the season, not that you've asked, but off the back of that, is Joel Linton killing Jack Grealish when we play Man City. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's, I feel like that's definitely going to happen. Um, and here's a question, uh, another question from Phil Hudson in a throwback to darker days. It's a good question. I think we should not dwell on it too long. Let's just quick answers. What are our percentage chances of us going down slash qualifying for Europe? So let's define Europe as uh, Europa League, right? It's just not conference league. Not conference league. What is it? Top eight Europa Top League. Top seven. Top seven. Mm. Let's define it as top seven, right? So um, percentage chance of uh, top seven, Paul? I think 50%. 50%, Dave? Like 30%. 30%. I'll split the difference at 40%, but all pretty reasonable. And uh, relegation, Paul? 2%. Dave? 5%. I was going to say 5%. Yeah. And I feel like it should be a bit higher. But yeah, 5%. I mean, we went on a fantastic run at the end of last season. Mm. We have a much improved squad and a better manager. Yeah. But although, though, I was thinking. That. Still our captain. I was thinking that earlier today. And then actually, the teams who finished around where we want to be competing, if you look like West Ham, they've spent more than we have. So it's like, We've still slightly gone backwards. So far. So far, yeah. A lot I mean, of the teams have improved more than we have. Do and we lo- currently have a better squad or worse squad than Everton? Better. Yes, we have a better squad than Everton. I think Everton will they, go down this season. They've just they've lost they've Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, and Dom- Dominic Calvert-Lewin's out for a significant portion of time. And if you look at their like attacking talent, it's like Damari Gray and Andros Townsend. I, I don't think they've got much up front. And what Pickford is... Well, um, I don't know if you can... We can't really talk about that yeah. on the pod. Oh, right. Okay. That's, yeah. That's an internet rumour I mm-hmm. wasn't aware of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I, I think they're in real... You might trouble. not like him so much once you've Googled it. <laughs> you have to take that poster down I've got no opinion on the guy but you know you will just you move on. Will. We, probably, we should probably probably edit, probably edit this out and uh, no one fucking listens anyway um, okay so and uh, and uh, Time Tames says will we ever sign a centre forward so we have talked about that a bit mm. But, I think um, we will because we are actually, as a club, signing the players we need. And also the reason we're not signed one yet is because we're not panicking into signing mm. just anyone. We seem to be getting the yeah. right players and the right characters. So we definitely will. I don't feel the fear of, like, we'll get to deadline day and start spunking money on someone who's not right. Yeah. Although Chris, still... Chris Wood would argue against that as the example of the only striker we've bought under this regime. But I think uh, I think Chris Wood comes with like a, a big asterisk after him because it was, like you said before, it was it was damaging a direct rival because at the time we were in a relegation fight with Burnley and, you know, four other clubs. And we, we effectively hobbled them and slightly strengthened us for the, for the cost of like 25 million quid. Because if they'd kept Wood and we had to rely on Dwight Gale, I don't think we would have scored any more goals than we did. And I think they would have scored a lot more goals than they did. Mm, maybe. Mm, yeah, I'd still rather have the £25 million to spend on someone else. But our form with Chris Wood starting was like top four form. So He, he does do a lot. But I know the, 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 the most important role of a striker is to put the ball in the back of the net but he does do a lot around you know keeping the ball winning free kicks winning corners that kind of like ugly side of things which yeah you can buy somebody to do that for five million quid yeah 
He's our but, kind of poundland Firmino, where he's not going to be 20 goals a season, but he's going to no. bring other people into the game more. Yeah. And yeah, you never know. He I might, he might kick on a bit. To no. no. When you said Poundland and then paused, I was expecting you to say like Duncan Ferguson or someone like that, but not Firmino. Wow. Okay, so uh, our first game of the season is against Nottingham Forest. Let's let's do the prediction for that first. Uh, it's away, isn't it? Is it away? No, it's home. Right. Right. Okay, fine. <laughs> Good. Is it worth? <laughs> Good start. Is it worth predicting? Because I think there's there's three areas where it's still up for debate who's going to start. Okay, the yeah. centre back, that third midfielder outside Joel Linton and Bruno, and right wing. Just very quickly, just name what you think our eleven will be. Paul. Okay, so or what you think it should be? What you think it? Yeah. Will. No. Well, no. Name what you think it should be. I think that's more interesting. Okay, Pope. Yeah. Target, Trippier, Botman, Burn. Then I would go Bruno, Joe Linton, Longstaff, uh, Sean Longstaff. Then some Maximan, Wilson, Almiron. But it's going to be Almiron or Fraser, I think. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to uh, copy and paste. My answer is exactly the same, Dave. Yep, I, I would say exactly the same, but I might swap Willick for Longstaff. Yeah, that would be, yeah, happy with that. Great. I think the other good thing about the five subs, if we don't sign anyone else in midfield, Elliot Anderson will get game time if he sticks around. Because he's yeah, really good very because he's, he does look good and... Uh, Hopefully, he's not one of the many sort of like, what's the phrase? You know, but like promising young players that we've had that have ended up sort of like at Gateshead mm. uh, by the time they're 25 or whatever. So, yeah, hopefully he uh, can become a Premier League player for us. Score predictions? 2-0 two, 2-0 two two from Paul Dave I'm really struggling because they've bought a lot of they've signed a lot of players um, so I don't know I'd still fancy us to win 2-1 but they've signed a fucking load of players they've got Jesse Lingard they've got um, Neko Williams from Liverpool yeah they've signed an absolute stack of players they feel like they've you remember when Fulham came up and spent over a hundred million and signed a load of players and it was a disaster. It feels like <laughs> they've just watched that and gone, let's repeat it. Like Lingard is on 200 grand a week, pretty much or 180 grand. He's on more than most of the rest of the squad combined. It's yeah, it's such a bizarre approach they've taken. We'll see. Yeah. I always think, I always think that, um, Often, the first game for a newly promoted side is not necessarily indicative, or the first few games for yeah. a promoted side aren't necessarily indicative of how their season's going to ultimately go. But I feel like people always forget that one or two of the newly promoted sides usually pick up quite a few nice results in the first games because they're sides who are coming up who've been winning they, they've been winning a lot of games mm. Mm. and you know, I, d- I don't know what their their pre-season's been like but I, I do think that I do think it's because they're a bit of an unknown quantity now even to themselves exactly so I think uh, if it was if it was the first game of last season and we were the team we were at the start of last season I think we'd almost be guaranteed to lose it I just think the atmosphere is going to be something completely different. Yeah. I think because of the atmosphere, they're just such positivity. Uh, three o'clock kickoff. I, I think we will win. I think 2 0 is a good prediction. Uh, uh, okay, so you might as well. Let's just do it. We never go back and remember what we said, but let's do it. Uh, where do you, if you had to bet 
on a place that we were finishing the table at the end of the season, Paul Doolan, what would it be? Seventh. Seventh? Yeah. Dave? Ninth. I genuinely was, genuinely was going to go eighth, so that's where I'm at. Ah. Okay. I'll change that if we go and sign James Madison and a wonderful striker. Then I'll move to seventh. Where did we finish last season? Tenth? Or was it eleventh? Eleventh. And then under Bruce, we finished twelfth. Would be quite funny if it were basically around the same after yeah. like spending a couple of hundred million. The mood would be um, much better. We'd be all really positive. Yes. But we finish about twelve. I think we'll finish above Man U this season. Oh, that's a good that's Ooh, more that's big. Yeah. yeah. I think we'll finish above uh, Leicester and I think Everton yeah. will go down. Yeah, same. I think there's a world where Brentford, Everton and Leeds all go down and all three promoted clubs stay up. But I think Forest Ooh. will go down. I think Lampard will be gone before Christmas. Yeah. I've not really followed... And I think Hasenhutl will go on before Christmas too. I haven't followed Leicester's transfer activity, but... There's nothing to follow. They haven't yeah. signed a single player. But in terms of who they've lost as well. Schmeichel. Schmeichel, Wesley Fofana is going to Chelsea and he's their, like, you know, their top-tier centre-half. Yeah. Um, when they lose will. him, they've got Evans. And then they could lose Madison. Yeah, I think we probably will finish. They could lose Madison and Tielemans. And uh, it's fair to say that uh, Demi Vardy's head might not be in the right place right now. He's got to control his bloody wife. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't he like 42 now? (laughs) Nope, that's my age. (laughs) (laughs) I always love the the description of Jamie Vardy from uh, the comedian Holly Walsh. She says he looks like a man who only eats crisps. (laughs) <laughs> very good description yeah. he's a way he's like the British Almoros <laughs> okay uh, let's leave it there um, thank you very much Paul Dillon good to be back thank, thank you thank you Dave Watson thanks Fergus and thank you to you the Newcastle NASA listener goodbye if you want to advertise on or sponsor this show Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.